Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. Oh, this week has been one of those weeks. Those long December. Yes, one of those. I, I would say dreary. what I have done for the past seven days is not so much live as survive. I have gotten through each day by just finding something to kind of keep me busy and then drinking heavily after dark. Mm, that can lead to all kinds of fun stories. Oh, yeah. Well, in this case, it's pretty much fucking boring because I'm just I just hate you know, this is this is just me winter. I we get in this time of year when the days are getting so short and it's not it's not that it's too cold to do anything and it's not that it's the you know the weather's that bad it's that i because we have so much summer here i am like all the things i want to do well and there is nothing really to do here in the winter that we don't have ice to skate on we don't have snow to ski on there's nothing special about winter except that it's dark you mm-hmm. know it's from five o'clock at night in the afternoon until about 7 a.m it's dark and and you're deprived of your vitamin d well, there's that. Vitamin that, that, is. that surely does not help. I mean, the, the days that it's sunny, I definitely have a better, more cheery mood than the days that it's cloudy, overcast, and rainy. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I look at my solar panels and my my solar water heater, and I think, am I going to have enough solar? And it basically comes down to not so much is the sun going to shine, but is the sun going to shine in the three hours that the sun is high enough in the sky to do anything? Yeah, you need to hibernate. That's what it sounds like. I am hibernating. That's essentially what I do. Oh, that and I go out and I cut down trees and cut them up and split them for firewood so that I can race outside every two hours and stoke the fire and keep the house toasty warm so that I'm not freezing all the time. But I mean, yeah. it just, it well, just, there just isn't that much going on is I guess what I'm saying. I mean, I've got a couple events this weekend and I'm looking forward to seeing some people. Oh, and my birthday came and went since our last podcast it I, did yes Ooh. i um i basically worked on my outside my my um i've got a dome in the woods i'm sure i've talked about that at some point or another and i've worked on that most of the day and then as the sun was descending into the horizon i uh took a shower cleaned up and, and was gonna meet somebody to you know just hang out maybe watch a movie or something and uh, he ended up working late so I just said, well, fuck it. I'm not going to stay home because he's working late. I'm going to go do something. So I went and I, I kind of did a little shopping and then I went to uh, to the park for a little while, but it was getting dark. So, well, it was already dark when I got to the park, but it was it was like, I don't know, I just was wandering around a little bit, just killing some time. And then I went to Mac Daddy's and had a beer and they were just crazy busy. So it just, it just didn't, I mean... It's kind of good in a way when they're busy because, you know, you get all this activity. But in another way, like, you can't even have a talk with the bartender, right? Because everybody's just so fucking busy. It's like, yeah, it's... Anyway. So I had my beer and sat back and enjoyed that for a while. And then I went um, to 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 visit somebody that, that didn't really work out. And so I went and got a, a sub at Jersey Mike's. And it was a really good sub. Mm, yes. Yeah, it was an all-veggie sub, and it was just super good. It was spicy. It was really good. 
But after I finished that, it was like, well, there's really nothing else for me to do. I've had my one beer. I, you know, when I'm when I'm out driving, I never drink much because I I'm a I'm a fucking lightweight. I talk about drinking all the time, but when I'm saying I'm drinking all the time, I'm talking like two shots of whiskey. That's like a heavy, you know, heavy load for me. Um, but anyway, You're a cheap I cheap date. Sorry. You're a cheap date. Yeah, I would be. So anyway, I came back home and I, you know, I kind of camped out and then the guy that got off work late came over to my house after he got off work finally and cuz he felt bad about not meeting me to do something. And we didn't have time to watch a movie or anything, but we hung out for a little while and then and he went home and I went to bed and that was my birthday. But but anyway, it's just been like, you know, pretty much every day when the sun is shining or I feel like going outside, I've just been making firewood so I can keep my house warm, you know, and get through the winter. But yeah, this that is, doesn't sound like hibernating. You should be sleeping. Yeah, well, that's part of the problem, though. Is I I can't sleep but so much. I'm I'm not a long term sleeper. Like for me, six hours is a long night's sleep. So when we have all this nighttime, I've got to find something to do with myself, and it'd be that's fine. What if, I'm saying you should like work on your sleeping. Like maybe try for six hours and five minutes this time. Yeah, and eventually know. you could build up. To 12 like, hours? <laughs> no, to three months. Oh, that would be great, yeah. No, I, I mean, if I could hibernate, I would. I just can't. I would. Well, for one thing, my dog has to be walked three times a day. You I'd have, have to, to teach the dog to hibernate as yeah, well. Yeah, we'd have to hibernate together. Exactly. Um, yeah, my dog's a pain in the ass when the weather's cold because he wants to go outside anyway. He doesn't give a shit that it's cold out. He's like, yeah, hey, let's go outside. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I have to put on three layers of clothes, shoes, you know, whatever, and I take you for a walk. And then, Yeah, then, that dog's crazy. I don't want to go outside. Yeah, he, he doesn't care. He just doesn't care. It can be 30 degrees, and he's like, yeah, let's go for a walk in the woods. I'm like, well... Hey, but fuck, it's cold. Uh, anyway, so um, I'm thinking what what's news. So one of the things I saw in the news was that they unsealed the case against the Colorado uh, nightclub shooter, the recent shooting. Because if you remember when I talked about that, I talked about that he had had a run-in with the law, apparently had done a bomb threat, uh, at his grandma's house or where his grandma lived and um, held some of his family hostage for a while while the police sorted things out. There was a big standoff. And it turns out when they unsealed the records on the case, it was actually worse than what they reported in the news because well, they didn't really know anything. I mean, when they reported in the news, it was just like, well, we we know that he had this incident, right? But we don't know any details because the records were all sealed. And normally they don't unseal them, but they decided that it was in the public interest to unseal these records because this guy had killed five people and wounded several others. Um, and it was important to find out what had happened with this, right? So, okay. So as it turns out, it was worse than we knew. He, Because um, originally we thought that nothing had come of it because there was no bomb and... Um, and it was sort of a just bluster. But it turns out that actually they had found bomb-making materials, and there was guns in the house and ammunition and all kinds of stuff. And the guy apparently like has a 3D printer or something or had a 3D printer and had been printing parts for guns. He was just a gun nut, lunatic, you know, explosives, guns, all this crazy shit. And, um, and they did want to prosecute them, and they tried to prosecute them. Or prosecute him, I'm sorry. 
But what happened was he intimidated his family. He basically told his family, if you, you know, if you cooperate with the prosecution, I will kill you all. And so, yeah, so there was no cooperation from the family. And so all the witnesses basically refused to testify and they dropped the case. And the law in Colorado is, and probably in other places too, I don't know, is that if they don't prosecute, if there is no case, then they have to seal the records because they don't want to have anybody looking at something that was never adjudicated, right? It, it, he may have been innocent. It may not have been, you know, uh, in this well, case. But, a, but after there's a follow-up case where he is convicted and found guilty or whatever, right? Like, they know he did this one, right? Yeah, they know he did this one. Well, I think he has pled not guilty. He's a... Uh, He's, he's, oh, this one hasn't gone to trial yet? No, no, they're just... But but it's... And and by the way, one of the reasons why they said that they shouldn't unseal the records is because it would, it would jade his current trial. But I think we need to really look at this stuff because basically he was a classic case of a person who should not have been able to get a firearm. Well, I mean, how can more evidence jade you? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This is the defense lawyers talking. We don't want to supply more context. They might put it in appropriate circumstances. This is America, and I'm not necessarily against this idea, by the way. The the defense lawyers are supposed to do everything they can to defend their client. Even if they know he's guilty, they're still supposed to do everything they can to defend him. And I think that's probably a good thing versus having a defense attorney that doesn't do shit and lets you basically go to jail for nothing. Well, which, yeah. which has also been known to happen way too often, by the way, where people have gone to prison where they have a very solid case in their defense and the prosecution has nothing, but the defense lawyer doesn't follow up on anything. And and there's a guy in prison right now that I've been reading about where it was exactly that was the case. He, um, he had an alibi. He had a good alibi. Uh, he was badly injured and couldn't run at the time that he was supposedly shot somebody and ran away. There was all kinds of reasons why he just couldn't have done it. And the people who testified that they saw him, they didn't see him until they'd had a discussion with the police, right? When they they were first interviewed, they didn't know who had done the shooting. They didn't recognize anybody. There was, they didn't get a good enough look at anybody to identify anyone and then after the cops sat down with them for a while, they suddenly were able it to charge their memory. Yeah, yeah, they were suddenly able to di- identify this this two these two guys. And <clears throat> curious how that works. Yeah, it, the whole case the pol- the police had against them was a was a was a house of cards. And had the defense attorney done anything at all? Had he spoken to the guy's doctor? Had he followed up on any of the stuff? Had he? bothered to check the alibi and have the people who you know gave him an alibi come in and testify. The, the defense attorney didn't follow up on anything. So this guy goes to prison for not only a crime they didn't commit, but a crime that he couldn't have committed, right? It just wasn't even physically possible for him to commit this crime. And he goes to prison for like, you know, 30. He should have been his own defense. Yeah, but he goes to prison for like 30 years. And he's still in prison today because even though the... Uh, a lot of the people involved have recanted or said that the case was flimsy. There is still a case, and he was still found guilty by a jury, and there's no like DNA evidence that's exonerated him or anything like that. There's no actual evidence that's come up that says this guy's innocent. 
other than the evidence right. that was already there to begin with. And yeah, so this happens. People get you know railroaded. So I think it's okay that the defense attorneys do everything that they can do to defend their client, even if the client is guilty. We just give them a good defense. I mean, how's how's this guy going to get out of being convicted of shooting you know five people? At this, well, he shot many more than five people, but he killed five people, and he was tackled and apprehended on the scene. Like he can't, he can't convince anybody that he didn't do it. The only thing he could possibly convince anybody of is he's a fucked up person, and that his, you know, his uh, mental state was really bad, and maybe he's not entirely culpable. I, I right. mean, if, if I was on the jury, I wouldn't be willing to buy that argument, but that's probably where they're going to go with the defense. I don't see how they can possibly convince anybody that he didn't do it. But he shouldn't have. I mean, it was all 3D holograph. But my problem with all these things um, is, like we discussed last week, the stochastic terrorism, this, this idea that there's people who are not being held responsible, who are basically baiting these people and encouraging them to do these things. And then the other side of it is the state culpability in the sense that this guy should not have been allowed to have a firearm. And as far as I know, he legally purchased the firearms that he had because the case that you know should have stopped him was sealed. All these things happen because our system is fucked up. And yes, it would be great if we could stop lunatics from killing people, but the problem is we don't always know who they are. You know, we don't always have the opportunity to stop them. In the cases where we do have the opportunity to stop them, we damn well should. Yeah. And if we can't stop them when they've already announced themselves, and by the way, this guy told his friends he was going to be the next mass shooter. He told people, and that's the other thing that was interesting when they unsealed the records. He had done all these things basically saying, I am going to do everything I can to get a gun and kill a bunch of people, and then... What do they do? They steal the records and let them have a gun. I mean, it's just like, come on, how stupid could we possibly be? And it it just comes down to this overarching need to defend the Second Amendment to the point where, like, oh, look, we can't take away someone's guns because that's just taking away their constitutional rights. Bull fucking shit. We don't need every idiot to have a firearm in order to have a militia. And, you know, that that is true. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we've got enough people that are armed that we can form a militia. Should we need a militia? If that if that's the underlying purpose of the Second Amendment, which it sort of says it is, you know, I mean, if you read the first line of the Second Amendment, you don't just skip over that part that says in order to have, you know, uh, well, let's see, how does it say it? The. um in or uh, anyway, the idea is that that they, we need to have a militia to protect from government overreach or whatever. That's the what the Second Amendment was for. It right. doesn't say for individual protection or every individual has the right to carry a gun. It just says that we need to have a militia so the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. And that's basically they just take that last bit: the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. It says uh, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. Right. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So it doesn't really say that the right of the individual to keep and bear arms shall, shall right. not be infringed. Right, the right of the people, yes. right, collectively. 
Yes, but which, I mean, if you take it that way, like the people supposedly are the government, and then the government's got the military. So, what do you need a gun for at all? You know, which would not be the purpose of that. You know what I mean? No, I actually think the purpose that the, if you if you read the Second Amendment the way I think it was written, it, it was meant to to um, codify like the National Guard. Really? Yeah, because the National Guard is state by state. Every state has their own National Guard, and they're basically managed and operated and paid for by the state versus the federal government. I really think the point of the founders, and again, I'm reading a little bit into this from the founders' perspective, but the founders knew that if the federal government controlled all the levers of power, that they could basically bully the states. So by having the states have their own militias, it allowed the power to be distributed, and therefore you wouldn't have this opportunity for the federal government to, to take over. I don't think the founders expected every individual to be fighting against the government at every level. I mean, like, I don't think that was the idea. It's an interesting theory. Well, I'm not the only one who feels that way. I wouldn't even say it if I didn't have people that agreed with me. Like, you know, constitutional wizards who said, you know, this is this is what the point of it was. Um, but anyway, it doesn't really, at this point, I think it's totally okay for people to have firearms. I mean, just not necessarily every known weapon. I don't have any problem with people who are law-abiding citizens and who have a background check and who register their weapons to own a weapon. I have a problem with someone having an arsenal. I have a problem with someone having thousands of rounds of ammunition. I have a problem with people having weapons that are designed for military use. That's what I have a problem with. And I have a problem with letting just any idiot who's proven to be dangerous to themselves and others to have a weapon. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm sad for our evolution. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, I don't even want to have to make laws about it and stuff. It's just sad that anybody sees a point in owning any kind of weapon for any reason, military, otherwise. Well, that's true. I mean, if we were, if we were like, on Star Trek, well, not everybody on Star Trek is, is warm and friendly, but the idea is that more advanced civilization where people don't want to kill each other and we're not in constant competition for resources and money and food. And, you know, it's not like, I mean, in theory, you shouldn't have to lock your doors. Right. You shouldn't have any need, any reason not to trust your neighbor. If your neighbor really needs something, like he's out of mustard, you should be able to just walk over to your house, maybe knock, but maybe not. Maybe you're sleeping or something. He doesn't want to bother. You just walk in, take some mustard out of your refrigerator, you know, or put it on his hot dog and then put it back or whatever and go home. We shouldn't even care about stuff like that, right? Well, yeah. I mean, as long as you knew that that was what was happening, I guess. Well, if we lived in a world where nobody would do anything more. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, if it were totally out of our frame of reference, like, since birth, this has never happened, and so we can't yeah. comprehend that somebody would do something bad, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the guy might might leave a dollar on the counter for you, or he might just say, look, I'll make it up to you, you know, when you need some mustard, come on over, or whatever. It would just be the way of the world, right? It would just be right. this idea that you don't have to lock your doors because nobody's going to actually want to steal from you. And right. if they do want to steal from you, that it's material stuff. They're not going to come in and kill you or rape your wife, right? 
um, or kill your wife and rape you. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, we live in a world where things are insane. I Yeah, but even, but even if we were advanced that far, I'm not sure we'd be advanced enough where every person would put the mustard back where they found it. Like, some of them would forget, or they'd drop it, or... You know what I mean? Like somebody's going to fuck that system up and you're going to be like, damn it, you can't borrow the mustard anymore because you never put it back. I probably should have used the ketchup analogy, huh? Rather yeah. Than mustard. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, yeah, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have landed in this pickle. I might be, I might be overreaching a little bit with the, someone walking into your home, but I really, there was a time, there was a time when people just had an open door policy, right? Kids, came and played with, you know, like if, if your neighbor kids wanted to play with your kids, they'd come over. They wouldn't stand at the door and knock all day. They wouldn't, you wouldn't have a, a ring camera on your fucking door and, you know, they press a button and hope that someone comes. No, they would just walk in and say, hey, is Josh home? And be like, yeah, he's upstairs. And they'd just go upstairs and talk to him, right? Yep. Do, do you remember, Do you were you alive in those times? Yeah, well, to a certain degree, yeah. I, I mean, it was definitely much freer when If my neighbors were home I was and I was going over to see somebody, I didn't knock on the door because it was like the neighbors were home. You knew they were home. You could see everybody was in and out, right? The door was usually kind of standing ajar anyway. Right. Um, well, yeah, the, the main door is open and the screen door was shut. Yeah. To keep the bugs out. And right. if the screen door is open or it's a big door is open it's just screen door then you can go in and out kind of that's the big door is closed you should knock well in the winter time you might have everything closed but and you might knock but you'd knock and then walk in or you'd knock and someone say come in or whatever but it just was you know it wasn't like the door was locked and they had to come unbolt it to let you in Mm -hmm. that just didn't happen like if the door was locked there was a reason the door was locked and it probably wasn't to keep burglars out it's probably like well yeah the neighbor kids are going to come in we're having sex so we're going to lock the door Exactly, um, but it just again it was it was a really a different world. I don't. I mean, I know we did lock our door at night because my dad was on the paranoid side, um, but it didn't get locked until everybody was in for the night. And if there was people out, the door was unlocked until everybody got home. Right, but even then, I mean, nobody was arming themselves to the teeth in the event of being invaded by feral hogs. Right, that is true. Nowadays. It just it just makes me ill how many people have these AR-15 style weapons, and they think that somehow they're going to need them to defend their family. It, you know, at one time, if if you had a gun in the house, like a gun, that was the gun that like was there in the event that something happened where you needed to defend someone. But you didn't have an arsenal, and you didn't think about having an arsenal, and you didn't think about having you know. A thousand rounds of ammunition because if you had a bullet, you were all set. Right. And even then, you never really thought you were ever going to need that bullet. It was just one of those things when you lived in the country, you kind of always had something around. I mean, I grew up around guns because, you know, we hunted, right? There was actual reasons for having guns, but... But there'd be a gun around, and everybody knew there was a gun around, and it was, you know, I suppose someone might have used it for something in terms of self-defense, but, you know, you really didn't spend a lot of time thinking about that. It wasn't an issue. It wasn't something, now I think about it. I think, okay, I've got a gun. What if someone breaks into my house, and what if they have a gun? Am I willing to shoot them? 
Do you th- have you ever thought about what that would involve killing another person? Even if you have really good reason to do it, even if they're pointing a gun at you and you think they're going to pull the trigger and you feel absolutely justified in doing it, do you realize what would happen, how you would feel? I know how, I don't know how I would feel, but I know it would be devastating for me if I had to take another person's life. Yeah. So I have to think about that as a gun owner. Like, if someone were to come in and force me to use my firearm, how would that affect my life? This isn't something I look forward to. These people I'm talking about, these people that piss me off so bad, they're chomping at the bit for the opportunity to shoot somebody. Oh, absolutely. It makes me sick to my stomach to think that there are that... No, I mean, I know there's always been some people like that, right? There's always been people in the world who just don't give a shit. But... There are so many of these people. I mean, you see them on social media just going on and on. Somebody breaks into my house, I'm just going to shoot them. Somebody stand, gets him, comes in my yard, I'm going to shoot him. If someone, yeah. you know, gets dirt on my car, I'm going to shoot him. You know, it's like, Jesus well, the Christ. Be- the beautiful thing about the internet, I always thought, was that everyone is there. You know what I mean? And I realize not every single person is has a internet presence, but the vast majority. Anyway, the point is it you could be the freakiest, weirdest, strangest, most alone feeling person and you could get on the internet and find somebody that, you know, is also you know, this and this and this and this or feels this way and that way and the other way, you know, like yeah, that, that's what has always amazed me, and I thought was a great and positive thing about the internet. But what I guess I didn't consider, but you know, hopefully it's a very small percentage. But still, if you're a fucking lunatic who likes to kill people, you can find people on the internet that like to do that also. And then the echo chambers start, and then when they start doing this shit and get on TV and all that kind of stuff, and now other people are like, oh, I want to be on TV. You know what I mean? Now it's yeah, like a society. Yeah, it's a competition almost. I'm saying if you had, you know, if 1% of the population were like that, but they never talked to each other, right? That's a whole lot different than when 1% of the population is like that and they can communicate. Encourage. You know? Yeah, they encourage and, each other. Exactly. And teach each other. And, you know. Yeah, no, I... Emotionally support each other. I have mixed feelings about the whole internet thing because sometimes I feel lonelier having been on social media and found uh, that I basically get, uh, you know, uh, just nothing, right? It's like, okay, so I've got all these people out there who probably share a lot of, you know, attributes with me, but I still don't have any... um, you know, whatever following or response or whatever. So it makes me feel lonelier than I was already because I know that in my small group, my small circle, I'm not expecting a lot of people to agree with me. Right. But I did get into it on... But even out in the world. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about billions of people, it's still... Of course, the problem is you're not getting through to billions of people. You're getting through to maybe 100 people and maybe the 100 wrong people. So you you start feeling even more like, wow, here I am surrounded by all my peers and I'm still not getting a response. So I don't know. It doesn't always help. But anyway, the um, 
the thing I had an actual discussion, well, discussion's a bad word, but a back and forth a little bit on Twitter. Somebody posted a picture of uh, of the price on, on 18 eggs at Walmart, and it was uh, like $7, right? But they had blacked out the year on the date. And that made me suspicious. I'm like, why did you, bl-? and I asked, I said, why did you black out the year on the date? So, of course, nobody answered that question. Nobody said, mm. this is why we blacked out the year. And I mean, the person who posted it didn't answer. Other people answered with, what kind of idiot are you that you don't know that, like, eggs are this much money now and they were only $2 when Biden took office, you know? Um, I'm like, I didn't ask that. That's not. I didn't argue that the price of eggs was or wasn't high. I don't buy eggs, so I really don't know or care, but... That wasn't the question. The question was, why did you black out the the year? Like, why would you black out the year? That just makes me suspicious. Like, why acting sus, bruh? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Not that I would understand any of that, but that's exactly what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I had a couple back and forth because a couple people responded to me without bothering to say why. They they did say that I was an idiot for thinking that the year wasn't the year that that they assumed it was. Because I should know that eggs have never been that expensive before. And I'm like, well, they're not that expensive now. So there's like some weird, you know, kind of. But they are expensive now because of a bird flu. I think I may have even mentioned that on this podcast. We had a huge call of of chickens, egg-laying chickens specifically, in this country because of bird flu. Bird flu is really widespread this year. And all the egg-laying chickens have had to be called and the price of eggs have gone up as a result. But of course, we can blame that on Joe Biden because Joe Biden is the one who controls the chickens. Well, the bird flu. He's flying around sneezing his bird flu all over the birds. Oh, he didn't even have to do that because all the birds are not really birds. They're drones. You know that? Are they controlled by AI? How yeah, can they, how control. can they lay eggs if they're, they're controlled? They're controlled by the government. All the birds were collected, I guess is the right and word, chipped. and 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 destroyed and replaced with drones in the sixties and seventies or somewhere in there, right over a period of time. And now that's how they like when you see the birds sitting on the telephone wire, they're actually listening, monitoring our conversations that way. Well, yeah, see? but those aren't chickens. I mean, the chickens no, live for like a year. No, chickens are birds, and all the birds oh. were replaced. So it would only make sense. I mean, look, if you wanted to control a population, what better way than by controlling the eggs? Everybody uses eggs. But McDonald's which, uses but, eggs. But which came first? Oh, the chicken came first, definitely. Oh, okay, fine. It was Burger King, I think. Anyway. Oh, well, maybe Kentucky Fried Chicken. They might have invented chicken. So an interesting side fact here is that the price of chicken has actually gone down recently because there's plenty of chickens for meat. We just don't have enough chickens for eggs. Mm. But anyway, so I guess my point is simply that these people on Twitter don't give a shit about the facts. They don't care what the reason is. They don't look at the price of eggs and say, why did the price of eggs go up? They just say, uh, let's see, Biden took office in 2021 and the price of eggs was about $2.50 a, a dozen and now it's $3 a dozen. That must be Biden's fault. 
Like, it just pisses me off. The whole thing. The, the world is so full of willful ignorance. These people don't, they don't care to find out what the actual facts right. are. They just blame it on the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, I could come up with anything that happened in 2021 and say, oh, gee, in 2021, you know, this happened, and therefore all these other things, the inflation, the war, all these things are related, you know, because of that. Well, Or, or you could come up with, like, what didn't happen. Like, for example, in 2021, our podcast audience did not grow to record levels and to where we were able to sell advertising during it. Therefore you deserve those high priced eggs, motherfucker. Well, there's a good point. Uh, the other thing that's possible is that maybe when Trump left office with all those secret documents and started selling them to Saudi Arabia, that that caused inflation. Yeah, we don't that's, know. That's another good point. I mean, it's as good a possibility as anything. Saudi Arabia could have said, oh, we have all these secret documents or we had to pay for these secret documents. Now we have to raise the price of of crude oil because we need to pay for all the shit we had to buy from Trump. Well, that's what I was going to say. It could be that, you know, we haven't freed ourselves from fossil fuels yet. And that's why. Which is the reason behind the reason they use it. So there you go. Yeah, actually, the. um, What was it that somebody blamed on Biden and then they showed a chart uh, I think it was I think it was the money flow from from the wealthy uh, from the poor to the wealthy and they they said that Biden was responsible for this because the wealthy were getting rich and something and and all this stuff was you know all these bad and things you and I would agree with but they blamed it on Biden and I'm looking at the chart and the chart they had clearly showed that this trend had started like 20 years ago and was basically that's what happens when you don't block out the date you just give your (laughs) opposition more ammunition to shoot you down well that's true black out the date i mean don't post facts because the facts generally contradict your broad ridiculous assumptions which um which reminds me i i asked connell about the fed raising the interest rates because I was genuinely curious what his opinion was on that. I said, in three words or less, uh, how do you feel about the Fed raising the interest rates? You want to take a guess what he said? Uh Uh-oh. No, he said, about freaking time. Oh, okay. So, and that's part, that's something that I've said before too, is these low interest rates, I think I've bitched about this before, only really help investors. And he said, not only, not only he didn't he didn't take that tack when I when had a short. I mean, this is a text discussion, so it was pretty brief. He said that it was the low interest rates were also driving up the cost of housing because people could get, you can these, get the loan cheaper. Yeah, so they could just mm-hmm. charge more. People could pay more. People could borrow more money. And so, if you could borrow money, and and it doesn't just apply to everyday citizens borrowing more money. It goes comes back to what I said a minute ago is investors, right? People who, these big investors, these these bank, you know, these people that are running hedge funds, which reminds me of what's his name, who uh, the uh, the uh, FTX guy or whatever that, that cryptocurrency oh, exchange. Oh, the that CEO of... Uh, yeah, what's yeah. his... He has a funny name. Um, I don't know. But he... 
<laughs> he had his own hedge fund that he was basically using the money for, and uh, it didn't work out too well, so it's all gone. But anyway, but these people that can borrow just ridiculous sums of money for super low interest and then turn around and invest it, let's face it, if you could borrow a billion dollars and go buy real estate with it, the, with the way the real estate market was going, you could you could make enough money to pay a quarter percent interest in about three days. Yeah, but when the bubble breaks and it all loses, you'll jump out a window. Well, that may be true, but but the bubble didn't break, you know, until not yet. No, but it's going to probably. I mean, I I can see that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, but it's because. You know, it's because the Fed is raising the interest rate. And that was Connell's point, was that the interest rate being so low for so long was creating an artificial economy um, that was helping the rich people well, more so. I think it. creating an artificial economy was exactly the point of it. Yeah, well, there was another point to it that we're paying for right now, and that is that the $32 trillion debt that we have as a country, we were we were able to to maintain that debt what do, they call, what do they call it when you manage a debt? You, anyway, we're able to 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 service that debt. That's what it's called, service that debt. When you can pay the interest and actually stay ahead of it, mm-hmm. because the interest rates were so low. Now our borrowing rates have gone up, and we will uh, we will pay the price for having a thirty two trillion dollar debt. And I know you think all that money doesn't matter, but at some point it does end up weighing on the economy. So. I'm just of the opinion that we should not count on the economy so much. People need to protect themselves from the ups and downs of the economy because bottom line is we are never going to see the economy come back to some sort of stasis. And the reason I say that is because climate change is going to throw a wrench in the system every other, if, if not every year, every other year. Things like the bird flu, things like the... The COVID nineteen epidemic that or pandemic that things like droughts and wildfires and hurricanes and you know you name it you know heat waves they are going to continuously seven dollar eggs. Well, that's what's going to happen. I mean, because the seven dollar eggs wasn't just a factor of inflation; it's just simply a supply chain issue or a supply issue. They're right. all supply chain issues. Everything's a fucking supply chain issue. Well, it ends up being, I mean, that's what it, it ends is. up being, <laughs> right? I mean, if you have a drought and a crop gets wiped out, then yeah, your supply and demand is off. Um, but this is my point, is it's never going to be normal. There is never going to be a time, and you can mark my words and you can call me on this if it ever happens, there will not be a time in the next you know, 50 years when it's going to be normal. You're going to have stuff, you know, maybe one year eggs will be fine, but the price of milk will be crazy. Or the price of, you know, chicken, the actual meat will be crazy. Or who knows, you know, maybe it won't be long and we won't be able to afford to buy fish because fish is just disappearing. But there's just all kinds of potential things that are going to change. There's uh, They were um, talking about some place in the world where they would normally grow food crops but they quit growing food crops and started growing crops for for uh, um, animals, for, for livestock, because of the fact that they couldn't grow food crops in a little bit of water they had. So the drought was basically making it possible for them to grow things like corn and stuff. So they're growing something like, you know, hay or something, or something that hey. animals could eat. 
But that just means that their diet has to shift from whatever it is they were going to eat to the animals that they're going to feed, which, by the way, you have to feed animals like eight times the amount that you would have to eat yourself if you ate it directly. Um, but this is the best they can do. And but all, when you eat the animal, you get way more than eight times that back, I guess, if it's a cow. No, you don't. You don't. Really? No, you don't. You do not. That's why. That's why they're saying that veganism is like one of the things that's gonna could save our our planet. Fucking vegans! They're yeah. already you no, know a lot more elitist, and now you're gonna tell them they're gonna save the fucking planet. If you think about it, it makes sense. So let's just say you you have a vegetable that you could eat or you could feed to a pig, right? If you eat mm-hmm. that vegetable, then your body converts it into you know, energy and you, you know, do what you got to do with it. Feed it to the pig, his body converts it into energy. You know, some of it comes out in poop, whatever. And some of it, not all of it, because he needs energy to live. He needs energy to stay warm and to move around. Some of it goes into his fat stores, you know, into the meat that he makes, right? And you have to feed him eight times the amount of whatever that you would have to eat in order to get the same amount of food value back so that's why that happens raising raising animals for food is not it's not a good equation but animals can eat things that you and i can't eat so if that you're was fe- going to be my point because yep. you could feed the animals crap well if you could you like know, if, like the vegetable you were talking about but we ago. but we don't though we we don't grass feed our cows because they wouldn't fatten up fast enough right it would take years instead of one year they fatten up cows in a factory yeah, farm, in one year, they go from calf to ready to be butchered. And they do that by feeding them things that you and I could eat. So it's not that's not the equation. Now, it could be. I mean, at some point, that's what will happen. If you go back to the way we lived before all this fancy technology, all these chemical fertilizers and everything else, is we just graze the goddamn cattle in the field, you know, on grass and whatever they could find to eat. And then when they got big and strong, we, you know, we butchered them and ate them. But, um, and that's a pretty sustainable thing because you're not, first of all, you're not eating that much meat. You're going to have to supplement your diet with other things. And secondly, you're letting the animal eat things that you can't eat. We can't digest grass. We don't have the right stomach for it. That's right. No grass for us. None of that green shit. Well, if it's want some meat, I mean, if it, Keeps going like that. We may uh, we may find we have to switch back to eating grass, and then you know what they say: um, life is hard, but it could be worse. Want me life is hard. I never got to the topic that but I actually could had be worse. Down. <laughs> life is hard. But it could that be was worse. a rant. <laughs>